This podcast is meant for general health information and is not meant to override any medical advice. All questions will be screened and not contain any personal information. If you want a private consultation, contact us via positivechoice.org or you can contact your provider directly. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the Positive Choice Wellness Podcast. I am Annalise. I'm an exercise physiologist and nutritionist. And my name is Melanie. I'm also an exercise physiologist and nutritionist. And today we are welcoming the fabulous Sophie Blicker. Thank you guys for having me. Yay. It's so wonderful. She is she is one of our own. She is an instructor with us. Um, she has yoga videos all over our channel and in a very more specific way Sophie is also an exercise physiologist and nutritionist she is a certified strength conditioning specialist a certified yoga teacher and the other thing that I didn't know is you're also a birth doula recently added that to my credentials yeah how cool you are so you've got such a diverse background Sophie I know I just can't I'm an eternal student I can't stop. I find something interesting and then I start studying. That's okay. We like that. And she's from Denmark. I am. Yeah. I, I've been here about almost eight years now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's really exciting. Yeah. Did you start your undergrad here or did you come here for grad school? Grad school. Okay. Yeah. Undergrad from Denmark. And what yeah. got you interested in yoga? Well, long time ago, I want to say maybe 15 years ago. I went to Goa in India and not really for yoga. I was in my early 20s and why do you go travel when you're that young? Not for doing yoga, but I realized that um, India had a lot of yoga and I kind of had to try it. So I went to a couple of classes there and just absolutely fell in love. And when I came back, I kept doing it, found classes here and there. So it was always kind of like something I did for myself. I've been a fitness instructor for the same amount of time. So that was kind of one thing I did, teaching more aggressive exercise, like spinning, dancing, weightlifting, stuff like that. And then for myself, I kind of always went to yoga um, and eventually just realized I need to tell other people about this and became a teacher. That's really exciting. I like that. (laughs) <laughs> I like wearing many hats too, so this excites me. Yeah, so kind of what I like about the, the doula part was the reason why that got me interested was that you kind of take yoga and then you make it something that you use as a skill to something real life, you know, something where you really need to be able to pain manage, to rest, to breathe, and then you take all these skills that you practice on the mat in yoga and then you use it to something so important. Absolutely. Yeah. So a lot of us are, are familiar with yoga in terms of, a, you know, I think a, a fitness and wellness resource. Right. It's everywhere now. It's in all the gyms and all that. But can you give us like a little background around what are some of the foundations of yoga? Where does it come from? Right. So um, I probably got into yoga the same way as most people did, you know, the fitness route and kind of enjoyed the exercising part of it. Um, But pretty quickly I realized like there's something else going on here. I feel better in a different way when I'm done. And I was like, I need to figure out what this is. Um, And then as I studied yoga, I realized 
well, it's not just about the physical movements that we do, but there's a whole philosophy to it. Um, yoga is a really ancient type of practice, and it really started all with a philosophy based on Hinduism and Buddhism. With that said, yoga is not a religion. Um, it's more of like a guideline that you can take these guidelines and apply them to your life, kind of like your own little laboratory, and then you can see if it makes you feel better, right? So it's really more of like a philosophy of being a better person in life to other people, to yourself. The original goal was what they called enlightenment. I don't know if you would call that now. More feel better, you know? Be a good person, you're gonna feel better. Yeah, we'll right? call that enlightenment. Right? Modern day enlightenment, feeling good. Yeah, like I feel good about the things that I do. I feel good about the way I treat myself, the way I treat others. Uh, I take time to practice mindfulness. I take time to rest my mind, rest my body, exercise my body when it needs that, you know, do those kind of things. Um, so it has like a whole path to it. We call it the eight limb path. Um, and uh, if you practice that kind of step by step, you should feel better. Yeah, basically. Okay. And how did it how did it move from its origins to where we see it now with fitness? Why do you think that it went on that path to the popularity it is now? Well, actually, I am I'm kind of excited that it got that popularity of like being a fitness thing, right? Because that means more people are getting curious and more people being introduced to it. That way we have people being more curious about what it is, so they start studying it. That spreads the word more so that we can all be better human beings, right? So I think um, actually it's, it kind of started with, um, I don't know if you guys have heard about Bikram. Um, he was a guy from India who came here and brought more of like a more like military type of approach to yoga. There was a concept called Ashtanga in India that was based on a practice for military boys. So it was like a very stringent type of disciplinary physical exercise practice. Um, and I think that's what kind of got translated into what we call vinyasa today, that more like um, continuous movement type of exercise. Um, we need to be stronger, we need to be better. Um, so that's kind of where that approach came from. Okay, and vinyasa is the one that I think, well, at least that's the one that got me into yoga. Same. Uh, that's the one that I like. <laughs> me too. <laughs> it's a little bit more body engaging. It's, it's breath to movement. Um, mm -hmm. It's a little bit faster paced. Yeah, that is what most people uh, get into first because it is like, it's a physical exercise, right? This is, if you do that type of practice, you're most likely going to experience that you build some muscle mass. You may also get your heart rate up a little bit. Um, there's gonna be limitation to it, like with any other body weight exercise. You know, you're not typically bringing out the big hand weights and, and doing exercises like that. So there's gonna be kind of like a limit to how much you can build muscle mass, but you're definitely, you know, getting stronger, more disciplined. And because you're moving continuously, rhythmically, you get some aerobics effects as well. 
right? I think it's that group fitness instructor in us that likes that patterned sort of workout. Because I do like that because mm-hmm. I think it's like they call it vinyasa flow where it just kind of flows into the next movement pattern and they all kind of connect in some way instead of being really right. staccato. And I really... I personally really enjoy that, but I know there's like a bazillion different kinds of yoga practices out there. Oh, yes. And that's just one of them. And I didn't know that for a very long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought it was just the one. I was like, that's yoga. And that is it. That is that is the thing. Totally. And so with my time in yoga, I have actually translated a little more into a more gentler practice or like at least being mindful of what I need and when. So like... Do I, do I need to work out right now? Is that what my body is needing right now? Or do I need to practice something more restorative where I lie in stillness and arrest my body? Sometimes that's what you need, right? So um, knowing the different types of yoga that are out there um, and knowing or learning more about ourselves and our bodies and our minds, we can, we can decide from day to day, what is my self-care today? Do I need to stretch deeply and hold a stretch for a longer time? Do I need to find a completely relaxing position and restore? Or do I need an exercise, right? So it kind of depends. And there's yoga for everyone, right? That's what I like about it too. It doesn't have to be like us fitness instructors that are capable and strong and already can do a lot of things. And that's why we like to do those kind of things because we can, right? But there's also yoga you can do on a chair or with a bunch of support equipment and more gentler practices, harder practices. So, you know, there's yoga for everyone. Yoga actually means, I don't know if you know this, it comes from yoking. So kind of like mixing together like a unity. So there's a three kind of aspects of who we are as a being. So there's the body, physical body, then there's the mind. And then, depending on who you are, how you want to describe this, there's like a spirit or a soul or a deeper self. Or even you can call it like emotional self, if you like. Um, so yoga aims to kind of yoke these three together. So we are not seeing our three parts as individual parts of who we are, but that they all are integrated together. Is that why they say you have a lot of like emotions trapped in your hips? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that like every yoga class, like, and get those emotions. You have a lot of emotions in your hips. I'm like, do I? <laughs> yeah. Well, you can think about it like this. If I go into a thing like pigeon pose, I don't mm-hmm. know if you know that. Oh, it's, it's like my a, favorite pose. Right. It's like a deep <laughs> hip stretch, right? And then I tell you to lie there for five minutes oh, no. in this really intense, deep stretch. I'm going to tell you, you're probably going to have lots of emotions coming out. You're going to be like, I don't want to be here anymore. When are we getting out? I'm impatient. And then what the slow practice kind of teaches us is to deal with that. Be like, okay, why am I in a rush to get out of this? Can I deal with being in this place of being uncomfortable and, and breathe my way through it? and stay mindful of what's going on in my head when this happens, what kind of emotions that comes up, and teach myself that being uncomfortable is not something we need to run from, but it's something we should respect and and work through, like everything in life, right? If we are in an uncomfortable situation in life, we still have to manage. Um, How can we do that the best way without 
too much, as we would call it in yoga, suffering. Like everybody has suffering. And basically what enlightenment tries to do is to get our way out of, uh, out of suffering into enlightenment, right? Dealing with all these things that makes us suffer, with mindfulness, breathing, acknowledging our emotions so that we don't have to suffer with being uncomfortable. Interesting. Makes sense? Yes. Kind of. I love that. And that is such a powerful skill for all the reasons that, that you just said. And with yoga, with coming at that in a calm way, in a practiced way, you mm -hmm. know it's coming, you can mentally prepare, and you can work through that, develop the, those mindfulness skills to be able to deal with the discomfort that you know is coming. Right. And in a safe environment. It's not discomfort, you know, like the stresses in our lives. Mm-hmm. Right. So basically it's like teaching us skills that are that are applicable to taking off the mat and using in your life. Right. That's how yoga is kind of meant to be. Not just like, oh I'm gonna meditate right now but then I'm gonna go out and be a horrible human being right after, right? <laughs> it's like, there's like, I, I mean, just- I'm sure there are a couple of those people, but generally not, totally, I'm hoping. <laughs> totally, and that's a little bit of a problem, I think maybe with this whole like westernized type of yoga is that those qualities gets kind of forgotten. And you can have somebody who stands there and even yoga teachers, I see that sadly enough sometime, being there teaching all these philosophical concepts of being kind and great, but then leaving the room and, you know, talking behind people's back or even being actual hurtful to people, right? And it's like, what happened? You're just clearly standing there in front of people because you want to stand there in front of people, not because you're actually living these concepts that we're standing there preaching to people, right? So that's what may have happened a little bit with the Western eyes. So I'm trying to get to the root of it, and I want to spread the words of like, what is yoga really? And how does it help us? Um, so there is this, um, we call it the eight, eightfold path. Or I was going to ask about that. You said eight limbs, and I was like, octopus? What's going on? Oh, like, yeah. What's this eight limb thing? Yeah. So it actually kind of a little bit like, you know, in religions, there are all these like, do not steal, do not kill, do not do all these things. And that's a little bit of what it is. Um, so there are basically like something called the yamas, which is the foundation. This is kind of how we are in society, how we treat people. Then there is something called the niyamas, which is more like introvert. How do I treat myself? How do I learn from my mistakes? How do I do better in life? Um, the next one is then what we call the asanas. So this is actually the physical practice, practicing postures so that we can keep and nourish our physical health. Um, then there is something called pranayama, which is c control of the breath, um, which can help us calm down our emotions in any situations, right? The next one is called pratyahara, which is um, withdrawal of the senses. So now we got to remember that these concepts are really ancient and kind of go towards a meditative type of enlightenment. So if you want to meditate, you have to start withdraw from all the senses that is coming from the outside, right? You gotta start learning how to tune out if somebody's saying you're saying something wrong, right? I need to start 
tuning out that noise that is around me in life all the time and, and keep my cool, basically, right? Um, the next one is Dharana, which is a one focus. So this is where mindfulness comes in, right? If I'm going to be here doing this podcast, I'm going to be 100% here. I'm not going to think about what I'm going to have for dinner afterwards or um, whether or not I'm doing a good job. I'm not going to be judgmental to it. I'm just going to be right here, right now. Uh, the next one is Durana, which is then the actual concentration. This is like, now my mind is focused on this. Now I'm super focusing. Now I'm meditating. This is what we call it, right? So you can imagine if you're doing meditation with a little candle in front of you, and first you're focusing on that candle, you're not looking at anything else, that's the one focus. But at some point, you forget about everything else and you're almost like absorbed by the experience of that candle. Right? You become the candle. You become the candle, <laughs> exactly. And then the last one is samadhi, and which is the enlightenment. So if all of these things, all the seven other limbs are achieved, that's where you achieve your enlightenment, right? So the first one, the yamas have like five little branches. And the first one is kindness. So, you know, we cannot harm, not supposed to kill any other beings, um, but also like verbally, like we shouldn't harm people in any sort of way. It also means we shouldn't harm ourselves, right? Kind of everything starts with ourselves. If we are harmful to ourselves, we're going to be harmful to the world. The next one is truthfulness. So both, of course, I shouldn't walk around and lie, right? But I should also live my truth, right? I should tell people what do I need in life, right? So if I am trying to achieve to be um, better in my household, right? what do I need from my family then so that I can do my best, right? So we need to have like a clear and honest communication, basically. The next one is generosity. So basically we shouldn't steal, but we should trust in abundance, right? Um, next one is, um, actually it used to be celibacy, a little more modern. It's more like moderation. Like it's like rightful energy to the right places in our life. So. Um, moderation in the food that we intake, substances, in literally anything that kind of masks all other emotions or experiences that we have. Coping mechanisms. I see. Okay. Mm -hmm, right? <laughs> so we need to understand what all these things has as a real purpose. Like food is nourishment for the body. It's not meant to be like a mask of all our other emotions. The same thing with alcohol. Everybody can have a glass of wine, but if we need to have five or 10 before we feel comfortable, there's an issue, right? So that's kind of what, the, even exercise can be too much, right? If I'm addicted to my exercise, there's an issue. Um, and then the next one is non-hoarding. So again, kind of like being okay with living more simply um, and trusting in abundance in life. The niyamas also have like five branches, and the first one is, uh, so the niyamas was myself, right? Now I'm talking about like how I am to myself. So the first one is clarity or purity. So both like on a physical level, I should keep my hygiene to keep my body healthy, right? But also like clear mind. So starting to let go of toxic 
thoughts that we have in our head, start acknowledging, and then wiping them out, right? And then the next one is contentment. So understanding that we do not achieve happiness from the outer world around us, but it's something we need to realize that we have within. Doesn't mean that we have to walk around with a big smile on our face all the time, but knowing that there is a place within us where we're safe and we can find a place of calmness within a storm, right? And then there's tapas, which is uh, discipline. So we also, even though we have to be content, be happy with where we are, we should not be lazy, right? So I can be like, oh, I'm just okay with it. I'm just gonna lie here on the couch and eat chips and watch TV all day. Or I can be content, but still wanting something better for myself, right? So I'll have a discipline that tells me, well, if I care for myself, I'm gonna go out and go for a walk right now because that's what my body needs. Um, and then the next one is uh, self-study. So also learning from mistake, right? So we all just human beings, we fail. And then it's just about getting back on the horse, learn from that mistake, do better next time. Um, and the last one is surrendering um, or having some kind of trust or faith in life that we're on the right path, things are gonna be okay. Um, even when I think everything is wrong, I'm exactly where I need to be. And I'm learning of this process, I need to go through this to get me somewhere else, right? So that's kind of like the Eightfold Path, super quickly. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny, that because when you're saying all that, like, huh, I kind of teach my classes that when I teach healthy balance. A lot of the things you're saying, like, weird I kind of teach that a little bit am I a yogi at heart is this a thing I'm not that flexible I don't think I am <laughs> <laughs> that is totally that that was actually one of the points and one of the things I wanted to get across with this podcast was saying like well this is really all that we teach here at positive choice right we teach um well we teach discipline right because if you want to manage your weight lose weight there has to be some kind of discipline, right? We teach moderation because we also know too strict diets never worked out in the long run. And then we also teach um, kindness or forgiveness, right? That sometimes you're gonna fall in and you're gonna eat more ice cream than you wanted, but it doesn't work like punishing ourselves over it because you're most likely just gonna continue eating that ice cream then. But if you say, well, I still care enough about myself, to do better tomorrow. You're gonna get back on that horse and continue on, right? So I think really uh, the funny thing is that in the Yamas, the first one is kindness, right? I think you cannot create any healthy habit without having established a sense of kindness to yourself. Because if we don't care enough about ourselves, well, we're gonna keep self-sabotaging eventually because it's never gonna get good enough. You're never gonna be good enough. And eventually you're gonna give up because it's just too hard to try and be perfect, right? And then you're gonna go all the way in the other end. And yeah, so we need to kind of establish some kind of self-compassion so that good habits can grow from a sense of I can, instead of from a sense of feeling inadequate. So if I feel inadequate, that's when I'm like, I like New Year's resolutions, right? It always stems from a sense of inaccurate. This is the year that I'm gonna get that six pack I never had, right? 
I was, I was never able to achieve it, but this is the year. So it basically means that you're not good enough, but you're going to be good enough when you get there. Mm-hmm. What about we make New Year's resolutions that are like more like quality-like, right? So it's like, well, I want to spend more time on caring about myself so that I, that means that I'm going to have to go out for that walk because if I care about myself, I know that my body needs to be moved to be healthy, right? So starting a little bit different mind process. Yes, it's the same way as how we treat others, right? You don't treat others badly and expect that relationship to grow. Right. But we do that with ourselves all the time. Mm-hmm. You're our world's biggest critic. <laughs> totally. I was just teaching a, a booster class on kind of body positivity. And one thing I was talking about was that inner critic and how if we kind of had somebody else say the things to us that we tell ourselves, I would probably punch them in the face. No. Easily. <laughs> I'm a good yogi, so I would never punch anyone, right? No harming. But you could think about it. <laughs> you could think about it. Um, but, you know, we, we got to start thinking about how would I talk to my child about something? If my child was struggling with something, like let's say my child came home and had a really bad grade in school. And I was like, well, that's not good but I love and care for you. So let's figure out how do we, how do we fix this for next time? Instead of being like, you are not accepted because you didn't get a good grade, you're not worth anything. Nobody, we would never talk like that to anybody else. Right? Yeah, we have conversations like this a few times with each other where I'll say something and you be like, what would, what would I say to you? Or what would you say to me in this situation? Like, okay. <laughs> not that. Not, not what, what just, you're saying. Not what just came out of your mouth. <laughs> All right. I like that actually keeping each other in check, right? And that could be even something you have with your partner at home, right? A way of like having open communication and be like, can you keep me accountable for when I'm not practicing these concepts, either not being kind to you or not being kind to myself? Can we then have a discussion about it so that this comes out on the table and doesn't become these hidden things that we just ignore. Or maybe we haven't, like, it all starts with mindfulness, right? If, we, uh, if we're not mindful of these processes that we're doing, if we're not mindful that I'm being really harsh to myself, then I can't correct it, right? So going down the line of the Eightfold Path, more of like the concentration and the mindfulness, if I cannot take time to look at what's going on, then I can never change, right? So there needs to be an aspect of mindfulness to create change. And it sounds like yoga can be a really good practice beyond the physical. It is a good yoga class will help you make those connections and reaffirm those goals and and help you tie that in together. Exactly. So there is physical benefits, right? Depending on the type of yoga that we practice, we may be more flexible, we may be stronger, and all those things. I will say yoga can never substitute a good strength training exercise or a good cardiovascular exercise. Yoga should be more of an addition to all that to keep the body healthy and injury free so we can keep doing all the other things. 
Um, but then on top of that, you also get all the mental well-being. You get to take time to learn about yourself, breathe, learn to calm down in difficult emotions. Um, so there's a lot more to learn than just uh, burning some calories or building some muscles, right? Yes. There's, so there's been a lot of touching on all the different types of yoga. Can you tell us, like, give us an example of what some types of yoga are out there, um, what to look for, what does it mean if they say hatha or vinyasa or restorative? What, what do all those terms mean and what are some terms to look for? Yes, um, really good question. So um, actually hatha yoga is the big umbrella that in, kind of entails all the traditional yoga poses as we know like warrior two, triangle pose, all of these postures are under this big umbrella that is called Hatha yoga. I will say though, in a more modern term, Hatha yoga typically refers to these postures done a little more static. So, you know, you'll get into the posture and then you'll stay there for quite a bit. Your legs are gonna start shaking, you know, you're gonna stay there deal with your impatience and your emotions in that. Um, but that's typically what Hatha yoga is nowadays. But then under Hatha yoga, there is a bunch of different branches, right? We have Ashtanga, which is a very traditional, more militaristic type of yoga practice. There is a build-up sequence and you can't go to second sequence until you have completely mastered the first sequence. So it's like very, it's like there's achievements to it basically. sounds regimented it's very regimented mm, okay then from that kind of came vinyasa where vinyasa is more creative in a sense it still have um the postures under hatha it has the breath to movement which ashtanga introduced so you'll see the sun salutations um but then there is more the instructor's creativity in like building a sequence that can have different focuses, right? So we can work on building core strength. We can work on those emotions in the hips or whatever it might be, right? Um, it's typically more of like a challenging type of practice, vinyasa. Um, then under vinyasa, there's things like power yoga, right? Then we're into something like really hard and strengthening or heated vinyasa, and that can be a bunch of kind of more challenging practices underneath that. Then we have um, a traditional practice called yin yoga. So yin yoga is deep tissue stretching. So I'm gonna put you into that pigeon pose and you get to just be there for five minutes and deal with whatever comes up while you're there. So the benefits to it is that you really give the muscle and tissue time to completely let go into the stretch, but you also have to kind of work with the more meditative aspect of being in stillness. And then you get to work with the pranayama or the breathing to kind of deal with the pain physically and emotionally. Um, so that yin yoga. And then the last one is restorative yoga, which is, um, it doesn't really need to be a deep stretch. You're actually gonna try and be as comfortable as possible. So I'm gonna put you into a posture and I'm gonna put all these different props in under you and blankets on you and you're going to be really comfortable and you're going to lie there for like five minutes and just meditate let the body be carried relax 
Um, I like that one. Yeah, right? <laughs> so I think those are like the most common ones. Then, of course, there's going to be a gentle flow class, which is, as it says, we're going to flow breath to move, but it's gentle. Chair yoga. Um, and so on. So there's going to be tons of branches, but those are like the most traditional ones. Yep. So something for everyone. Yeah. Literally something for everyone. Yes. Yes. Well, just to kind of plug, if you guys want to start with yoga, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that Sophie has some uh, yoga videos up on our YouTube, and she did a fantastic series for us about. Um, health in terms of particular joints, particular areas that we tend to have problems with. So she has a four video series for shoulders and neck, for hips and knees, and for the back. So uh, good, good places to start. And then we also have simple yoga with Norma, which is in the chair. Mm -hmm. I think Carlene also have some longer sequences right yes colleen has um i would say hers are a little bit of a mix of beginning to advanced um she has some inversions there so if you want to like learn how to get up against a wall um colleen's yoga uh, has that for you too wow a little bit for everyone exactly yes versatility yeah but it's about that time Mm-hmm. Oh, Sophie, this was so wonderful and so informative. Thank you, guys. It was fun. Thank you for being here. I learned a lot. Good. <laughs> I hope everybody's going to take a little bit of this and try and apply it to our everyday life. Yoga for everyone. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again. And until next time, everybody. Bye. Namaste.